Howdy, episode five. Uh, Kent's hungover today. Really, really excited actually to talk to an old friend that that I haven't seen in forever except for a lunch a few weeks ago. <laughs> She's very successful since we uh, went to college together, and and uh, we'll call her another hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I don't really know what she does. I think she's in human trafficking. Um, she owns a company that uh, that sells people to businesses or something. Uh, welcome, Jessica Kulo Arth. Oh, that's what I meant to ask you because what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jessica Kulo. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Right. Previously, Jessica Arth. Now it's Jessica Kulo. Welcome to yep. the show. Thank you. So you're into human trafficking. I am not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Okay, before <laughs> what, before we start and get into what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Okay, so as I said, it's Jessica Kulo, and I own Express Employment Professionals here in Edmonton. It's franchises that I own. My partner is my husband, Bronco Kulo. And we've got two kids that are 10 and 8 years old right now. A little history on the business. Um, as I mentioned, it's a franchised organization. So our headquarters is in Oklahoma, established in 1983. Um, Bob Funk and Bill Stoller are the two gentlemen that, that created Express. Um, my dad introduced uh, the company to me back in 2004. We were still in university. And um, we bought our first franchise at that time. Grew up pretty quickly. Um, we became one of the largest in terms of production in Western Canada within our first two years. So then it prompted us to do an acquisition. And um, as it stands right now, we own essentially the rights to the Edmonton area. And uh, my dad has since retired. And as I said, my, my husband is my partner. So it's been a really interesting and really rewarding experience the last 15 years starting a business, um, growing it, starting a family, raising a family all at the same time. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade any of it. Unreal. So, based, well, that's the end of the podcast, then, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that was easy. Right, yeah, thank you. Well, you just told us the whole story, which now I have no questions. <laughs> and how do you know me? What's the first day? I don't remember the first time we met. Yeah, we went to college together. Grant McEwen. Yeah. Which now is just McEwen. Right. Just down right. the road from our office. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't study and I failed engineering because I was like, oh, we should hang out with Jessica all day. <laughs> and uh, Go skiing. We did right. lots of skiing. Yeah. And, uh, and then you went off and went, got successful and got married and had kids. And then we had lunch. A couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, you should come on my podcast because you're you're doing well. I had seen you on TV. You do a lot. You get on the news a lot. Yeah, I enjoy that. I get to represent Express um, from a PR perspective. Um, we do a lot of work with Maple Leaf Strategies, and yeah, they get us a lot of press. And I'm proud to represent the Canadian offices. We've got approximately 40 um, express franchises throughout the country. There's 816 throughout the world. 
but really? yeah, but um, Canada we're smaller. Um, staffing in general is a smaller industry in Canada as, a, as compared to the United States. But yeah, I enjoy the publicity. I enjoy getting to represent us and talk to job seekers, but then also um, companies and give advice and and trend share trends on what the employment market's looking like. Right. Cool. Yeah, so we'll get into sort of the ebbs and flows of especially the Edmonton and the Alberta market when we when we talk a little bit more. Um, what did you do? What were you doing in school when we went to school together? And what did you want to do? How sure. did this happen? Sure. Okay, so I was um, taking psychology in school and transferred over to the U of A. At that time, you couldn't do a degree Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just about the time I was graduating, I was deciding, I was considering um, doing my master's and, and carrying on with speech pathology, actually. Um, my family has always been very entrepreneurial. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My dad has never worked for anybody. Mm-hmm. He's only ever worked for himself. So I was deciding between that and then potentially um, starting this business with, with my dad, Brad. So he had brought it to me and said, are you interested in this? I had never even heard of the staffing industry or the employment industry. Of course. I didn't. We're 20 years old. Right. right? I had no idea e- even what it was. Um, so he had gone down to Oklahoma, was certain that this was um, something that he could really transfer all his business knowledge into. But was thinking it would, you know, it wasn't his first business and was thinking probably it might be, you know, the end of his career and he didn't want to do it super long term. And so he thought maybe I'd have interest in it. So I went down to Oklahoma as well. I was super intrigued, felt like it was something that I could be really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the business aspect of it and decided to, to, yeah, just finish up my degree and go into it and start, start it with them. Yeah, if my dad was rich and said, yeah, do you want to start a business with me? I would think that that was good, too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. I'm such a piece of shit. I, uh... <laughs> so, that, what did your dad do before? I know, I, I know didn't you guys own Westlock? My family is from Westlock. Um, my dad and my, my grandpa and my great-grandpa before that had been in retail. So different retail um, manufacturing, retail stores. And yeah, he had a chain of retail stores uh, just prior to us starting Express. And um, did some manufacturing overseas as well. So this was different for him as well, although he always had employees. Right. So, um, But what was unique and what I really kind of grasped onto at the beginning was the, the whole um, business-to-business sales aspect. I really enjoyed it right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I was only, you know, 21 years old. I didn't really know what I was doing. And um, we talked before about, you know, earning respect in that space. And uh, so that was an incredible learning opportunity for me and a journey. And it was really hard. I'm sure. Um, But it's something that I'm proud of. And I'm really glad I got to do that. Because now we've got a team, we've got um, 17 employees here in Edmonton. And I can speak from experience. I love that I can understand what they're doing, understand how awesome it is to to close a deal or to win just to win um, but then I also really know what it's like when it's hard and right. I know the challenges that come with that and having to be persistent and creative and always learning and 
pushing yourself and doing things that you don't want to do sometimes. Um, we'll say one of our, our um, client development managers and I were talking recently and to have what most don't have, you have to do what most won't do. And, right. and I feel that's what we did. I mean, starting, starting out with nothing, really, it was my dad, my mom, and I in one of our offices. And you just have to go for it and, and push yourself. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good experience. Yeah, so you're a 21-year-old blonde girl out of high school or university that's going to businesses and saying, like, my daddy bought a business. <laughs> is that how you're no. being received? Like, how is that happening? I was very self-conscious of, because I wasn't married yet, of having the same last name. I didn't like that. I didn't want people to think I was working for my dad. And I wasn't. Like, we started the business together. I mean, obviously, I was working under his mentorship, and he was teaching me a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like it when, yeah, that was, oh, you're working for your dad. Yeah, like, oh, you're just lucky. You're like, just given this opportunity. Right, yeah, sure. I, and even still to this day, I hate that because I, I, I feel like I earned everything. And mm-hmm. he'll say the same. He's my biggest advocate, you know. So um, that's definitely challenging. And then, too, I mean, you don't know what you don't know at that age. You have no experience. Of course. You haven't really worked before, right? <laughs> so how are Not you? Not like that, yeah. yeah. And I can think back to some of the embarrassing stupid things I would have said or you know you hang up the phone and you think oh my god I can't believe that just came out of my mouth but it's the only way you learn and I think if you're generally operating with integrity and with really good intentions there's nothing you can screw up that much no well yeah like whatever and that's the big thing that you need to learn is like how bad is it if somebody says no right it doesn't matter go for no yeah, like, but it takes for it takes a long time to learn that. Where yeah. you're like, you know, it's okay that somebody doesn't do business with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then it's learning that skill of having, um, you know, the crucial conversations. And that that was also really challenging for me because as we started to to hire employees internally, we operated for a few months without any employees but then of course you do have to start to hire if you want to grow and it's an investment and um, when you start doing that I mean that's difficult too is I was hiring people that had more work experience than me and they're reporting to me and Mm -hmm. that was probably even a bigger hurdle at that time in that age for me is commanding respect from people that you've hired sure and and then of course you hire some some people you shouldn't hire and then it makes it even worse Mm-hmm. But learning the skill of, um, you know, having tough conversations that you may not want to have and conducting yourself with respect and leading, leading from a different place than emotion to mm-hmm. making sure that that's not part of it, even though you could be very emotional. Um, I role played a lot those kinds of conversations. Well, like I like practiced the them. I, I got a mentor right away, which is something I still have. And I I would practice those tough conversations with her, oh, and yeah. it helped. Right. It feels weird, but it helped. Oh, I'm sure that feels weird. <laughs> how else do you do it? Like, I mean, how else? I don't know. I used to practice my comedy routines in front of my wife, and she would be like, "No." Stupid. And I'm like, what? That's funny. And then, and then crowds would laugh, and I'm like, you're wrong. And then so I don't. I don't. 
she doesn't laugh at my jokes, so I'm like, I, I don't practice in front of her anymore. <laughs> well, Branko will tell you, I mean, we, I remember we'd drive out to the lake on weekends, and I would practice conversations with him in the car ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this was before he came into the business? Yeah, he, um, I mean, has always been a huge support. He's been with me the entire time. Um, and he likes to joke that my dad really wanted to start the business with him and not me. He tells people that all <laughs> right. the time. But he had a really great job. And, and, of course, being a startup, I had no income. So he supported me. And, uh, yeah, so he came into the business officially, about, I think it's four years ago. And um, that's been a game changer. Just four years ago? Yep. Oh, yep. I thought he was in it. Like no, from the beginning. No, no, no. Oh. He, he joined four years ago, and um, it's it's been incredible having him. And I, I think too that um, I get asked all the time, like, how did you work with your dad? Family business, like that sounds so terrible, and mm-hmm. it is hard. It's for sure hard. But I'm really grateful for having had started it with my dad because I learned a lot about effective communication. Um, what's yours? What's mine? You know, what do you consult me on? what do you decide on and those boundaries and we've been able to implement that now Branko and I and we do a really good job uh, of that because we wanted to make sure we weren't having conversations with the kids at dinner that we might you know disagree on the topic Um, and that's we we just decided we don't it can be stressful enough when you're at work you don't need to bring it home Mm -hmm. Um, so we're good at that we make sure we do probably I would say twice a month we, we sit down together and have a meeting and schedule that. And like a husband-wife like no, meeting? No, like a, like a business partner's meeting. Crazy. <laughs> and uh, it's important. And the other thing that I'll say is, um, so one of our, our senior employment specialists, um, she's commented before, just I really appreciate how you guys do keep it professional. And she's like, I, I don't ever feel like you're having conversations that I should be included in on at home. You're making sure if it's something that's important and as part of your leadership team, I, I need to be a part of. We are having those conversations together, and nobody knows more than me. And right. so I think I think that's, that it was a motivator to hear that as well, that we are doing something that is right, and we'll continue mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, we're not perfect, but it's working right now. No, you sound perfect. <laughs> you guys look perfect. Really good-looking couple. <laughs> um, <laughs> I married up. Uh, no, I, well, that's <laughs> never true. For a, a man always marries up. Okay, fine, he married up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Okay, so we're, you graduate, you're not even graduated. Yeah, yet. no, it's like a crossover of a few months. Uh, mm-hmm. Your dad wants to buy this. He This is the business he wants to get in. How come, why not start? just a staffing business hmm. that isn't a franchise. Yeah, I get asked that a lot too. Um, we just like that it was a proven model. And the way I see it and have always seen it is we've got a silent partner. Uh, so you call them a silent partner, but yes, we do pay our franchise fees and we pay to fee you to start the business as well. But what we get from that, it, there's value. And yeah. um, we wouldn't be where we are today if we no. weren't. No. You know, for sure we wouldn't. Um, a differentiator that I'll tell our clients and our candidates too is that we're big, but we're small. So we have all the resources, the technology, the tools, the people that go along with a four billion dollar company, 
and yet we have the accountability and community involvement and and team perspective of a small independent. And um, I think that's very unique, and it also is providing a better experience for our candidates and our clients and my employees here. They've got more career opportunity. Um, There's oftentimes we'll see... You know, people build their careers of starting maybe within a franchise location, but then they, they end up being corporate employees. Oh, okay. And yeah. that's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. even for myself, I've gotten tons of, of personal development opportunities by supporting and helping our, our corporate team. And I'm grateful for that because I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have access to seeing what I do and knowing what I know of such a large organization. And I also really appreciate that... Um, they respect what we're doing and they, they want to hear from us too. Mm-hmm. So to feel you have an impact or I'll say sometimes like I have their ear, um, that means a lot. Right. So you don't hate your corporate head office? No, I don't. And I, you know, <laughs> I have friends that have other franchises and sometimes there's challenges that go with that and um, not, I'm not at all. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. and you have a lot of awards. We What was that award you went into? I took a picture of it. Trendsetter. Oh, trendsetter. A trendsetter Unreal. Award. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just found that one recently. Yeah, that was that's amazing. So your So your dad buys this. But are you at the time fifty percent partners with him, or is he bringing you in like you're kind of my like you're building equity in the business? That's right, yeah. I, I was a minority partner to begin with, for sure. And then, yeah, over time, we had a agreement. And uh, he's mostly retired now, although still very much connected to the business and comes in anytime we need him. Everybody loves it when he comes in. Right, mm-hmm. because they know that you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> so tell me how... Okay, so you start this, now your job is to talk to companies and say, we're going to bring in staff for you, there's permanent employees, temporary employees, is that how it works? Yeah, so we do temporary and contract staffing as well as permanent staffing, and that is a big motivator for me, is how we can impact businesses. A lot of times in our industry and in our business, we talk about how we impact the candidates and the job seekers, and we really do change lives in that aspect. Um... And I, that is definitely a motivator for me, but maybe it's because I, I was always focused on the business development or the client development side. I just, I get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing companies grow because we've identified somebody for them that they couldn't have had otherwise, or we've provided a pool of temporary workers to help them get through a tough time or a time where they were about to lose a client, big peak season order, something like that. Um, so I, I get a lot of um, satisfaction in, in seeing that happen. Um, we'll often say, too, you know, you're running your business. Do what you only can do and what you're only trained to do and, and spending time searching resumes or, or headhunting candidates isn't the best use of your time. Right. And so we, and not just me, my whole team really enjoys seeing the impact that we have. Mm-hmm. And then the candidates, too, I mean, we love when we, we get, you know, Google reviews and emails coming in telling us how we've changed their life and setting them up with this company or even kept them busy with temporary jobs to have a paycheck while they were in between. Mm-hmm. Um, they get exposed to things they wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. So that part's really rewarding, too. 
uh, but don't get me wrong. It's also very challenging when you're dealing with people. People are unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And anybody that works here has to be really positive because for every win, there's probably three frustrations or three people that let you down. They say that they're accepting an offer to change their mind. And we'll feel sometimes like we're in the I'm sorry business because you're apologizing for right. decisions made by other people. And that can be tough. Um We've learned, you know, there's ways to mitigate some of that just by essentially being a control freak and being really good at asking questions and being really thorough. And there, there's things you can do, but you can't totally eliminate No, that. 100%. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I've gotten better. It's funny, like, the sort of sixth sense you develop mm-hmm. where I can say, I know that this person isn't going to do business with me, but I still go about the process. And then when it happens, I'm like, why didn't you just stop it? Because, like, you knew in your, the back of your head, like, yeah. this isn't going to happen. Yeah. It's just something like, oh, there's something telling you, like, this is off. Yeah. Right? But it's weird because you don't want to be like, no. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's communication, you know, yeah. and learning those skills as well along the way. But um, sometimes you just can't predict it either, though, right? No. I mean, we'll often say to, we'll come into the office expecting to do one thing, and your day is completely different than you expected. Mm-hmm. And somehow you still have to manage doing what you planned on and needed to get done today while you still had to be super reactive. Right. Um, but then we also get surprised the other way too. Like, you know, we'll talk to clients that will say, oh no, we would never use you. We would never need your help. And sure enough, they do. Things change. Things change mm-hmm. for them too that they're not expecting. And so we have to be of the mindset of, you know, if, if, if it's a company that we see potential in, there's a values match, um, we have to make sure that we're, again, being positive and staying in touch with them without bothering them, but just because we know things can change for them just like they mm-hmm. change for us. And you've done work with Lavin. Yes. The president mm-hmm. of, he was my first guest. And yeah, so we... Hey, Gr- Aircom is a great company. Anybody we send there really, really enjoys it. Good. Yeah, they do a really good job. Yeah, well, it's run by a piece of garbage, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lavin's such a terrible human being. <laughs> oh, I couldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, the nicest guy alive. But, um, okay, so you're, is it is it getting people the staff, or is your first job is finding a company that wants staff? I know, it's which one, right? We'll often say, um, he who has the candidate wins, and um, so you, you do need the people first, and um, we need to always make sure we're talking to enough candidates because some of our clients need people quickly and, right. and you need to be ready for that. Um, but then conversely, if you've got a great bunch of candidates and no opportunities for them, then you've just wasted their time. Yeah. Um, so one thing we'll do is we'll promote candidates if we don't have an opportunity for them. And we're pretty successful at that because we measure all of that. That's another advantage of being a franchise is we measure everything. Oh, they have, yeah, way better tracking system. Way better. If you just started on your own and you were like... Yeah. 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 So we promote. Um, when we toured the office, you saw my people on the phone. They're promoting their candidates. So they're letting businesses that we know of, we work with... Four to five hundred companies a year in Edmonton. Four to five hundred, did mm-hmm. you just say? Yeah. And how many of those did you get? Oh, 
Oh, I certainly can't take credit for all of them, but lots of them. Yeah, I don't don't know how many. Like you were just grinding, like on the phone going... Oh, yeah. Yeah, for years. And then I I still support our team in that sense, too, because Mm -hmm. I do know a lot of the businesses, and um, they they remember me, too. I mean, 15 years. Yeah. Um, But my team is really good. They're really good. It seemed like a great little environment office walking through and busy like a dentist office when I walked in. <laughs> Except like, for like I said, dentist office are way nicer than ours. No, it's <laughs> nice in here. The uh, So those people at the front, those are candidates. They're yeah. looking for jobs. They're coming in. Yeah. They're bringing you a resume. They would have been already. We do phone interviews first. Okay. So And we do that to enhance the candidate's experience because... So often we hear, we do focus groups and stuff all the time where they get, candidates get really frustrated with the whole like application process. And anytime anybody wants a job, they're now sent to an online application. And then sometimes they never hear ever again because the HR people that are going through those um, have to use like keyword search. And right. they miss people that way. And I get why they have to do that because they get inundated too with applications. But what we've implemented in the last couple of years here is we make sure everybody gets a phone call. If they've submitted an application or sent in a resume, they get a phone call. And if a phone call goes well, they get a phone interview. Either they schedule or it's at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then if that goes well and we believe that they're a good fit, we can help them, then they come in for an interview. So then when they get here, they don't have to wait. They don't have to do an application. We've done it all for them. We do the application while we talk to them on the phone. Okay. Um, if they had sent a resume. And um, then they get their in-person interview. And then they'll get the interview with the client company as well afterwards. Um, but we try and streamline that for them. But yeah, the people in the lobby, they're, they're coming in to meet with a recruiter. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so you're, this is like, so four or five hundred companies, you're talking about like anything, right? Like you're talking about like high-end staff and and low-end warehouse workers, like everything in between? Yeah, yeah, um, low-end. I don't know. I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. I just like, like. If you're looking at a pay scale. Unskilled labor. Yes. Like, we yes. So it, we fill positions. I've oh. been on the broom before. Yeah. Right. Like I've totally. done it before. I know. Like, I'm just yeah. No, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Pay scale is anywhere from like minimum wage, which is 15 bucks an hour now, and that would be unskilled labor, um, warehousing jobs, um, up to 200 thousand annual. And so we've got 200. Different... Can you get me a job making 200 grand? <laughs> I don't know of anybody hiring comedians, but... <laughs> right. Just unskilled comedians. Yeah. I've pushed a broom before. <laughs> but no, we've got different people on the team that focus on different areas. And um, so we have commercial team, industrial staffing, administration, accounting, finance, uh, human resources, sales, operations, and then like trades as well. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So you start, what is this? 2000, we were in Grant McEwen in 2001 when 9-11 happened. I remember I was driving yeah, to school and too. I was like, um, okay, I'm quit. I, whatever, like the world's ending. <laughs> so that you started this 2003? Four. Four? Yeah. Um, now, things are good. Boom happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you just killing it? Yeah, we grew quickly. Um, 2007 and eight were definitely like it was an applicant short market. Right. Hard to find people. Um, wages started to increase. I remember back then we had jobs that were like nine bucks an hour. Right. Which you never see, obviously. It's changed a lot in, in 15 years. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, grew quickly. Uh, 2009 wasn't as bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as uh, our United States counterparts. Like, their offices hurt a lot more oh, for sure. than ours but did. Alberta was insulated. We were. And it was bad. It's like, in my opinion, yeah. bad for people's mindsets because we thought we could get through anything. I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we still had, you know, layoffs we dealt with mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And personally, that was a very tough year for me because we did the acquisition. I think we, like, sealed the deal on our acquisition on, like, March 25th, and then I had our first child on March 27th. Right. And had to take over this new business and this new team, and I had just brought my newborn with me to work. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly but you can't take mat leave when no no both my kids I had on Fridays and I, I was at work on Monday I, not what? the whole day but I did go to the office oh yeah. my god yeah it was really hard I wouldn't obviously Brutal. recommend that and nobody made me I chose to do that but it was hard and um, yeah it wasn't a great time for me but um, we got through we got through 2009 mm-hmm. um and oh, it was actually easier too with just one baby. When I had two, I couldn't bring two kids. I couldn't bring a two-year-old to the office. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got a toddler. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'll try working from home. Also impossible. That was impossible for me to work from home. The second I needed to be on the phone is the second they needed me. Right. And that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was failing at everything. Yeah. And not doing anything well. I was letting my team down. And um, like I talked about our team being so good now. Also, th- those were transition years. I, ha- I haven't always had the best team. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot from that as well. But um, so You're not, saying you've hired the wrong person I definitely before? have hired. I've made bad hires. And right. I, I know the feeling and the expense and the stress and the headache right. that goes with that. Um, and again, people are unpredictable, so I'm not perfect at hiring, but, uh, we have the best team we've ever had now. Yeah. And you've told me that before, mm-hmm. so I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. You're not just like selling. No, no, no. But, uh, it, it was, it took some time and yeah, it's any working mom can say it. it doesn't matter if you're in your own business or not. It's you're you're guilty if you're not at work, and then you're guilty if you are at work. And that's right. how I felt for probably four or five years straight. It was really hard. I would feel that my I was worried that Jax wouldn't know who I was because I was never home, and I'd get home just in time to tuck him in. And But then if I wasn't at work, I was worried I didn't have the right people in place, the clients wouldn't be serviced properly, my reputation was at stake, uh, not to mention the financial risk if everything goes to hell. So Right. Yeah, those were hard years, uh, 2009 to about 2012. Um, but then the economy improved again, and things were good. Again, we got into situations where it was just harder to find good employees. Um, and then the hell of 2015 and 2016 came. Those were awful years for us, too. Like the worst? The worst. Not um, not as bad. Personally, kids are a little bit older. 
Um, I had childcare. My in-laws helped me so much. Um, my mom has always helped me so much with the kids. But um, yeah, it, we shrunk. We went from 16 employees to six employees. Our clients were closing their doors. Nobody was hiring. Um, our poor business developers, all they did was just talking about no's. Nobody was hiring. Right. It was so hard for them. And then that was really isolating because, again, we're so entrenched in our, our franchise network. Our American offices are doing great. They had right. no idea. And they, they had no idea what we were faced with here. And it was mm-hmm. very, um, I would kind of joke about it, but whenever I'd be at meetings with them or conferences or we do retreats and stuff, I would say, I just, I need to change my attitude because I go into these things not feeling like myself. Mm-hmm. and um, having just a really negative outlook. And I had to really, really be aware of that because I, I don't want to be that. Yeah. But it was hard when nobody understood. Well, yeah, because that was like an Alberta thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't even Canada-wide. Yeah. Right? Like it was just like, we're screwed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> it's and hard. So, yeah, well, I mean, it was like all of my friends, like, you know, everybody I'm talking to is like, you know, and and Lavin was a good person to talk to in the time. Like, he'd be like, I would see some guys that would be like, yeah, everything's going great. And Lavin would be like, no, it isn't. <laughs> and then is six months lot. later, that guy was laid off from yeah. their job, right? And so people were just pretending. But yeah. I like the honesty of like, yeah, we are fighting for our lives. Yeah. Like we are, you know, what yeah. are we doing? You yeah. have to lay off, what, 11 people? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I mean, talk about not sleeping mm-hmm. and laying in, in bed. Brian and I would be awake at 3 o'clock in the morning just with anxiety about the next about what the next day was going to hold. And I'm not an anxious person, but holy cow, were we ever anxious. Right. And I remember driving to work just... Not knowing, not knowing what you'd be faced with, and what hard decisions you'd have to make, and how to communicate those properly, and because you don't want to, you don't want to make everybody feel like it's a sinking ship, because you got to do everything to make sure that you don't sink. Mm-hmm. So it's you know establishing still like certainty, but then making really tough decisions. Right. And uh, a thing that I learned there was I I wished I would have been more transparent than I was because. I was afraid to be, because I didn't sure. know what was going on. Um, How do you know? You, yeah. you can't say, oh, this is going to get better. Nobody's, you have no business. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, but, but on the other hand too, like I say this with caution because there were some, I know there were some really good people that lost their jobs during that time. Companies closed completely, but there were also a lot of organizations and mine included that you know, I didn't lay off my superstars. Right. You, I didn't. You can't? No. So the, the people that were less productive and had less or poor performance, those were the ones that were laid off. And um, then when we would, you know, we started recovering, companies would say, oh, there's so many great people available. There's some, well, there are some, but the market's not flooded with superstars. You know, when you right. did your layoffs, did you pick your A players and lay them off? No. Mm-hmm. Nobody did. So, um, you we, get rid of the people you kind of wanted to get rid of. In there a lot of is cases, a good cleanup period. Absolutely. Yep. 
yeah. which I've always talked to every business owner. It's like, this was a good opportunity for me to say, guess what? I've never really liked you that much, <laughs> basically. It's like, I don't... <laughs> Remember what I said about emotions not being part <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just like an asshole. I, 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 don't, I don't mean that, but it is a good time for businesses to clean yes. house. Yeah, like, it is. Because you're going through the boom, everything is easy, business, you're making money. Yeah. You're hiring anybody that's coming into the door. It doesn't matter. And then you say, let's take a close look at our business yeah. because we have the time. Yeah. And you do become better. You yeah. become better. And um, another group of people that are really special to me that helped me through that, but then also just all the time is my entrepreneurs organization group. We, at least we had that. We were all from Alberta, all from Edmonton and surrounding areas. And so we were all feeling the pain. And that was a topic of conversation for us, you know, like. Oh, you're in one of those weird groups? <laughs> it's the best thing ever, kids. Well, Lavin's in one, and I'm like, man, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> no, they, the, my. Okay, what's your group called? Entrepreneurs Organization. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, my, my group, my forum group has helped me a lot. Okay. I've been in that group now for seven years. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the topic of, you know, okay, well, then how are we going to survive, but then how are we going to be better as mm-hmm. well? And it's just all about learning from each other's experiences. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean that is good. Sometimes I'm like, man, <laughs> I wish I had somebody to talk to. That yep. was the good thing about, you know, being at IG before, like yep. with the struggles or whatever, like, when I have downs or yep. a tough week or whatever, I don't have any. But like, yeah, I talk to my wife about it, but she's not in. She's a teacher. She yeah. doesn't. She has a different bad week than I have. Yeah, you know it's. And it, tolerance for risk is different too sometimes. Oh, hundred percent. Her it, tolerance for risk yeah. is zero. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, and I'm chaotic, can't. Right? So <laughs> like, <laughs> you take risk. <laughs> right. The. Uh, but, so that would be good. I mean, I have a good buddy that I am going for lunch with that still works at IG, so he's basically the guy that, yeah. you know, I talk to about the business and, and whatever, so. Yeah. Well, and nothing that you've, you know, when you have people like that, it's like, you're not doing, you're not going through anything unique, probably, right? Probably right. somebody else that you know and trust um, has been through it in some fashion, Mm-hmm. and can share how, how they dealt with that and how they got through it or even like really great exciting positive opportunities and how they seized them and jumped on them and how you can learn from that and when you maybe it could just be as simple as well, now I'm thinking about not being complacent and right. what can I he's doing this or she's doing that like what can I do mm-hmm. to take it to the next level and I, that's also a huge benefit. Like so, do you, but do you have the opportunity in this business to be innovative, really, at all? Like, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're able to. Um, we've grown our business, even though we're franchised differently than others, and mm-hmm. um, we're proud of that. I mean, right now, our professional team, which is what Branco leads, um, the more senior level placement, um, we currently are number one of all the eight hundred and sixteen offices. Really? And it's because we've done things a little oh, different. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah, well, now the challenge is to stay there. Right. 
but um, it's because we've done things differently while still following, you know, the model. Mm -hmm. But I really um, enjoy taking part in a lot of the discussions around the future of Express and trying new things and baiting new technology and different processes. and, And so we do have that. So is there talk from them then if you're doing this here to bring you on as like a corporate employee to Uh, that ever happen? We've talked about that, but right now, I mean, that that would involve travel Mm -hmm. and that's tough with kids, the age of my kids. Um, But you never know. Right. You never know. Maybe one day that would be in the cards for me. Like you're the whatever vice president of a $4 billion company? A lot of our corporate team have been franchise owners, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they have yeah. because you understand the business and yeah. you've done that. Yeah. Is that something you would want to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, I have such respect for our, our international headquarters and um, those are some of my best friends too that are part of that. So, yeah, I'm interested in it for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so your dad, and I know the answer to this, so you, you're... Hitting 2015, your dad sells you the business when it's at a high point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had had our um, like our uh, agreement that was spanning that time, and, and and yeah, it was it was it was kind of bad timing. <laughs> it was bad timing for um, good, but bad timing for Branko to leave his job and 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 come in because you know is a big risk it's a financial risk but well, when is it ever a good time you know you have to well see. that's sure yeah. it's the same thing as when I said you know we had, did the acquisition it was bad timing good timing who knows right um, every time we go come out of one of these recessions we talked about this already too but um, that's a great opportunity to experience that growth mm-hmm. and you can't put a price on momentum you know our, our, our team loves the momentum of growth even if it's a rebound and recovery yeah. The growth is still really fun, and it's a great thing to be a part of. But we're still in, like, so what's your feeling on on Edmonton and Alberta now? Because so, because it's not a boom time, right. but it's people are just sort of hiring because they get it now. They've got their numbers. They're not really growing, but they know they like. Yeah. What's it like? Yeah, it's um, definitely not boom, for sure. We're seeing a lot of growth, though, on the professional side. So companies are feeling confident to bring in key employees again. Um, we're not seeing um, any high volume, really, on, on like the temporary side, where when things are out of control and you just need people, that's where you see that, and it's not sustainable. Right. Um, so, it's yeah, businesses are operating differently. We're operating differently, too. I would say if you look at the course of 15 years here now, it's a lot more expensive to operate this mm-hmm. business than it was 15 years ago. I mean, not like time aside, inflation aside, it's just it's more expensive. Um, Why? Uh, it's, it's more expensive to retain employees. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not bad-mouthing millennials. I mean, we're on the tail end of millennials, but... No, you are. I am. No. But millennials, I think, mm-hmm. are incredible employees, and they get a bad rap. Um, and then now we also even are, like, seeing Gen Z in, in the work, and I've got some here that are Gen Z. Is that me? No, younger than millennial. 
Oh. Yeah, millennials make up the biggest How part of it. How brutal are they? They're not brutal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. However, I will say that it is more expensive to re- retain they the, want, this like, demographic. They want benefits and like yeah, like perks and time off. No more time. Paid time off is important, and I, my, my team works really hard, and I think that they deserve that. But we, you know, we spend a lot of money on um, training and development, which is what I would say number one they're looking for. Right. Um, so that's expensive. We fly people in and fly them out, and um, that's that's a a big expense for us. Um, and then the social aspect too. So you know, you hear people say, "Oh, they just all want to work from home," and I don't I don't find that at all. Um, my employees here and ones we place as well, they want a sense of community. They want a group to be a part of. What they want though is like reasonable flexibility it's not that they're asking sure. they don't want to make their own hours you know eight to five we have to operate eight to five because we can't you know we can't we can't your business hours right sure. we have to we can't sacrifice the quality of our clients experience um but you know if somebody has an appointment that's important to them and they need to be out for a couple of hours they want me or whoever their supervisor is to be able to understand why and say yes that's okay and so f- flexibility in that sense yeah, I mean, I never got bosses like, I would have never worked for a company that was like, no, you can't go there for like 10, like whatever, right? right. Like mm-hmm. how many people work in an office eight hours a day and are doing work all eight hours? I, None. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare. Right, like mm-hmm. the only jobs I've ever had where you work consistently all day is manual labor. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you're building something or whatever. Production, yeah, where that it is. You are trading time for money, mm-hmm. and so it's very important. But environment and um, the social aspect we see is also um, huge part of our retention. And then supporting that, it does cost money. Right, sure. So. And how do you guys? So you guys go on vacation. You guys take about six months off a year. <laughs> no. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> but how do you go on vacation? So you and your husband are co-owners. Yeah. Do you have managers that could run this? Yeah, gym? we've got we've got senior employment specialists that do a really really good job. Um, we're always connected, though. It's you know, they're very good. Our team's really good about choosing what to call us about when we're away. And I appreciate that. Like, I'll often say, we all want to help. Every every person wants to help others. And so if you if I'm away or one of our employees is away and, and a colleague needs their help by asking a question or something, we all want to help and we're all willing to provide the support needed. But then it's also really appreciated by the person that is on vacation if you filter what you might ask. Right. You're not bothering them 20 <laughs> for, times a day. For things sure. that you could probably figure out, right? right? So they're really good about that. And um, Well, so you've never had a day off then? In, not very many, no. Like, have, have you ever just shut it down? No, probably not. Other than, like, time change, you know, if there's a big time change. Franco's Croatian, so when we go there, there's a time differential where I might right. be sleeping. <laughs> sure. No, I'm usually just available. So for 15 years, 14 <laughs> years, you've never had a day off. Well, I guess not. That was sad. Yeah. I just made you sad. <laughs> I know. It's, it, but that is the truth, right? Like, I can never have a day off. Yeah, I, yeah. I will never have it. Like, I do, 
but I yeah. don't. Like, you don't think of it that way, though, do you? I don't think about it yeah. like that at all. No, I, I no. don't either. But. but that's what I want. Part of what I want people to hopefully learn a little bit from this podcast is, like, you know, owning a business isn't all about, you know, printing money and, <laughs> and living the greatest life. Like, it's hard, mm-hmm. and there are tough decisions, and it's yeah. stressful, and there's sleepless nights, and, like, yeah. you never let it go, right? Like, and and that is the thing where I, I read comments too often online or whatever, uh-huh. and it's like, those piece of garbage business oh, owners, you yeah. know, won't pay minimum wage, and you're like, you know, I'm just trying to keep the doors open, right? like, this isn't about me complaining, it's just like, I, yeah. you, we're barely making enough money, I'm yeah. trying to survive, Yeah. and you want your employees to, you, they're your family, and, and even when you talked about, like, having kids early on, mm-hmm. and, People remember their businesses so well because your business is like your child mm-hmm. that you create. Yeah, yeah. Like where you have full control, whereas like, you know, it's weird. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's not for everyone. No. <laughs> and I never thought I wanted to own a business. Did you, did you always I thought did. so, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I always, even when I thought about doing like speech pathology, I was thinking about how I could do that privately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, but there again, it's like all I really knew growing up. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always felt that way. And I, I do believe, I mean, I am an, an entrepreneur. I, I, I like risk. I like the hard work that comes along with it. And um, I really enjoy seeing, um, seeing really good people develop too. Right. And you don't have to be an entrepreneur for that to happen. I know that, but I've really enjoyed that. And I've discovered that about myself in the last five years. I, that's, I, it's a huge motivator for me. Nice. Mm-hmm. So is that your biggest motivator? Like yeah. What drives, what drives you? Yeah. We were talking about this as a group the other day, just about, you know, your our entrepreneur group or no, my group here. Oh, um, okay. Our, you know, your why, what's your yeah. why. And it is, it's creating opportunity. I, I like to, I, I love that what we're doing here and what I get to do and what Branko gets to do is create opportunity. And people have to grasp it, you know? Right. You, have, you provide opportunity and you can't make somebody take that opportunity, but to be able to provide it and provide all the resources for it to happen, and then you know and I know, that's you have to grind it out sometimes. And I, right. like, I like to see that. I like to see people do that and win. Yeah. And so when your husband comes into the business, and I thought he was in a long time ago. I don't know why I thought that, but do you make him buy in? <laughs> we, we, we did, together. <laughs> We'd always done it together. Oh, well, I don't... So you bought it off your dad? Like, we did together. Oh, yeah. and is that the time that he came in? So he came in at the worst time possible? He did, yeah. He came in at the worst time possible, but he we'd already in, invested. Like it, that wasn't we didn't just invest in twenty fifteen. Right, like um, you were buying it all yeah, the course. Of, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So no, I didn't make him write me a check or anything. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Look, give me X amount of dollars, and you can be a 
So did he knew the business obviously because just from you or was were you like grooming him like just being a part of it really on the sides for as long as he was he Mm -hmm. he he knew more than most most would yeah like I that was like my dad was a doctor so my friends thought growing up that I was a doctor (laughs) because I was around it yeah learning through osmosis yeah Yeah. totally and I mean I would have been a great doctor I could probably do it right now I thought you were a doctor did you (laughs) (laughs) most people did in high school but Kent's a doctor I guess, well, I kind of, I, I like to ask a few questions. I, th- I think we probably got a lot. This was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I had fun. Did you? Yes. You just lied. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not too hard on me. No, except for the human trafficking part? <laughs> yeah, that part. Yeah. Should I cut that out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for corporate head office. Um, <laughs> Well, we've already gone through like kind of the questions that I like to ask. So, has been has been being a business owner really been an easy thing? It's been just super. Uh, that's one thing I'll say is it's just easy. Every day is easy. Right, and so I knew that. <laughs> that's a good answer. Um, what's your other than maybe the idea of you know being the president of of this corporation do you have growth plans or ideas what are your thoughts what's what's the future for Jessica Kula Uh, well we just want to continue to grow we want to continue to build opportunity um, for our people here and I want them to be able to have really fulfilling rewarding careers so that's that's first and foremost that's what we're looking at we've built out our org chart we want to continue to do that your org chart yes Okay. Yeah, we want to continue to do that. <laughs> um, we want to continue to increase our market share, um, which that's another thing we were able to do coming out of the recession. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to continue to do that and continue to just build our name and our brand and be known for quality, right? quality service. Um, yeah, I just want to continue on the path that we're on right now. Right. So you're not happy with where you're at. <laughs> Oh, that, <laughs> no, I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> you're not. You're too driven. Like, is that like how driven are you of an individual? I'm pretty driven. Um, we were away on my birthday in April, and thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. Good memory. Yeah. And my well, Branko planned a really nice dinner for uh, us with a bunch of our friends that also own franchises mm-hmm. and some of our corporate employee friends and he had everybody go around the table and say what they liked about me which I, was fantastic how awkward was that I loved it it was <laughs> so good <laughs> but almost all of them commented on how driven I was yeah. and I, I take it as a compliment mm-hmm. um, and you know like I had said sometimes maybe I sacrifice too much personally in that sense but you learn from that too right um, I'm done having kids, but if I were to have another one, I, I would do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I take it as a compliment. I, I like to be busy. I like, 
you know, activity breeds activity. I like to always be doing something new, not, not get complacent, take on new challenges. Um, that's another thing that my entrepreneurs group and I have been really good at. We've done some crazy things just to keep, keep ourselves, you know, challenged. Um, Mm -hmm. Via Ferrada, have you ever heard of that? I'm really afraid of heights, and we went out by Nordegg and did this, like, rock climbing thing. Terrifying. Cool. But we did that. Um, we did a Gorak, if you've ever heard of that. Mm-mm. That's, a, a like, an incredible story and um, something I never would have done. It was a 28-mile, 13-and-a-half-hour adventure. We were had a cadre, a Navy SEAL, leading us. And uh, we trained for six months for it. Cool. But it was an incredible experience. The, the best thing we did there was we related the experience, like, mile by mile to different leadership lessons or ways that you could incorporate that into your personal life. And when you're pushed physically to, like, the max, mm-hmm. what that does to you. Right. And um, so things like that I'm, I'm always looking for. Where is that? We did it in San Diego. Um, just you can do them in different places, but right. the whole thing is you don't know. All you know is you need to be. We were told to be prepared for twenty miles and twelve hours. Be in shape. And yeah, and you carry a weighted pack when you do it. So yeah, it's like why not? Gorak. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I like, had to carry a steel plate in my backpack. We're running. Well, the <laughs> I I went on this hike. I, I saw a picture of a hike up to this place called Abbott Pass Hut. Okay. I was like, that looks sweet. It's just this hut in between Lake Louise and BC uh-huh. in this pass. And uh, like the last whatever is just like this scree slope, like just rocks, like that slip. Mm. And I was like, well, we need to bring like beers. So I had like 15 <laughs> beers in my backpack. And we didn't know what we were doing, and it looked like this trail was, like, going up. So I was like, okay, we're just going to go up this trail. And we weren't even close to the top, like, so far away. And each step I took, I would move, like, an inch and then slide down. And I was, like, on my hands and knees, and my friends were behind me, and we were, like, crying. Like, oh, my God, what are we doing? Yeah. So we get to this, like, rock. It was our destination, this big boulder. And then, like, three kind of overweight guys just kind of stroll past us, like, walk past us, like, so easily with their, like, poles. And we're like, what the hell? Because I was so dumb. Like, if you walked on the side and, like, just walked up the rocks that weren't slipping the whole time... So the whole thing was like we were just like that was like the down path where you just kind of slide down. It wasn't yeah. the up path. Yeah. So it was like yeah. That and was then you could look at it though and think how what's the lesson there? You know, in in business or in your personal life, and there is one. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Like I loved it. But, <laughs> yeah. And uh, those were that was the day I left IG. Actually, I went with two of my investors group uh-huh. buddies. And yeah. We, that was. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, those experiences are crazy and I think definitely worthwhile. Yeah, that's neat. I mm-hmm. mean, well, so you're, well, I'm glad you're doing well. I always thought you were probably not going to accomplish anything. That's <laughs> 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 so nice, Ken. I'm just joking. <laughs> Obviously. Right. 
<laughs> I, we, uh, I knew you would. And, and I mean, I, it was very impressive. I didn't know, like, that quick, right out of college, mm-hmm. you're doing something. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people that say, oh, and you thought the same thing, like, your dad helps you. But mm-hmm. why wouldn't you help your children, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like, oh, your dad gave you a business. You had to grow this business yep. with him, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's the big difference is, like, when, when a child gets a business, a lot of them fail mm-hmm. when it's not, like, working to yeah. the succession plan of, you know, here, just have this. Yeah, yeah. You need to earn it, and you did. And mm-hmm. I love it. Thanks. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I've probably got to edit out a bunch of rude things I said. <laughs> no, you were good. <laughs> it was good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you.